With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Aloha, everybody. This is Jennifer O'Neill on the Jennifer O'Neill Show. You are joining me and my co-host, Debbie. Hello, Debbie. Hello. Hi. Hi, and hopefully Debbie will not have to take over the show today, although I'm I'm sure that she's totally prepared for it since she was felt like she was not prepared last time. <laughs> but a wonderful job, and, and in order to help that not happen, I'm not on Skype today, so Debbie, you'll have to tell me if my uh, phone starts kind of fading on you guys. So... Welcome today. We're excited about the show. Today's show is going to be on a really interesting topic to a lot of people. Um, I know that me and Debbie were talking about it earlier, and she had a lot of questions. She was excited about this show. So today's show is on indigo children, crystal children, and rainbow children. And this is something that I feel really needs to be addressed. Um, uh, I get a lot of questions on this. Basically, uh, anybody who knows me knows that I, I work with a lot of uh, psychic and intuitive kids. And the, the reason that I do that is because, well, because I was one. Uh, and then the way that I grew up was a little bit different than other people, but I definitely had my own struggles because I'm a fourth-generation psychic, but most of the people in my family, uh, they never, they don't do what I do. They do other things. They were never professional psychic of any sort. So it was something that I definitely had my own struggles with. And then as I grew up, I had my own children, and both of them are intuitive, psychic, or sensitive. So they're definitely along the same lines as I was. And so you have to raise those children a little bit differently. I ended up with two of them. And to clarify, before I get into that a little bit further, everybody's child all of your guys' children, all the children of the world are basically born, as well as all of you guys, we were, we were all born, born uh, intuitive and psychic and in touch with our psychic senses. That is just the way it is. We were born that way. It doesn't matter who you were. What happens, though, is over time you begin to lose touch with that or it begins to be kind of trained out of you by a, a different type of thinking and and or it scares you or your parents. And so as these things happen over time, you begin to lose touch with the spiritual side of yourself um, more and more as you age, you know, into one, two, three, and four years old, and then on up. And if you haven't lost it by your teenagers, you most certainly are going to try to get rid of it by then because then you don't want to be different, right? So you're definitely going to try to get rid of it then, which is what I did. And so... Uh, these are the things that happen. Now, the reason I wanted to do this show today is because uh, when I, I started doing a lot of writing on psychic children and 
it, it all started from when I was watching one of the shows. This was many, many years ago. I was watching one of the shows, Psychic Kids, I think is what it's called. Do you know that show, Debbie? Have you watched that show, the Psychic um, Kids show? Yeah, I think I remember that show. Okay. Well, well, they take kids and then they put them with other kids who are also psychic if, if they're having trouble and they try to teach them and um, show them that they're, you know, normal and how to deal with their gifts and et cetera. And so mm-hmm. up until this point, it was really interesting because I had had my own children at, at this time who were, who were very much the same way. And one day when I was watching the show, I, I, it had hit me again how terrifying and, and how many different things that you learn and go through as a psychic or intuitive child. And I had basically forgotten about a lot of my own instances up until the point of the show. It was just so far behind me, I, I just kind of spaced it out. And then I started thinking, why aren't my children afraid? Like, what did I do different? Why are my children so well adapted and so open and so grounded in who they are that they weren't having issues with it? And I found that very interesting. And so what I did is I started paying attention to the things that I did differently and even from how I grew up. Although, for the most part, you know, I wasn't in a family that didn't that disbelieved all of it. So I would say I was halfway accepted and then some of the things were halfway understood, but a lot of things weren't understood still. So then by the time my children came around, we were in a household where everything was really understood and then I just raised them differently. So the reason that uh, I started paying attention to that is because I wanted to put some things down on paper and I wanted to help other parents who had children because I really want to help all these children. I want to help all the children out there who are feeling concerned or scared. Scared is really a a big thing. And so I do a lot of work with psychic kids pro bono anyways. And then I try to help the parents with any, any way that I can because if you're a parent and you've never been psychic before or intuitive or let's say, okay, let me take that back. Let me reward that because everybody is born that way. But you, if you have forgotten if it was something that you're you're not currently, uh, you, what happens is you don't have enough information to then explain some of the things to your children and you start to maybe not know what they're talking about. Some parents think that the kids are making things up. They don't know how to deal with, like, certain health things that they go through or certain ways that that can affect your health, which we're going to go over. And so they don't know what to do. And so that's why I do a lot of these shows. That's why I try to write so that we can get all the parents on the same page with helping their children if they don't have any knowledge of what their children are going through. So unless you have firsthand knowledge, it's hard to help them. And so why did I want to address, why did I make this show, I guess, indigo, crystal, and rainbow children versus just psychic and intuitive children? Because people are talking a lot lately about these different variances of kids. They're talking about, oh, you know, so-and-so is an indigo child, and so-and-so is a crystal child, and so-and-so is a rainbow child, and or I have a rainbow child and a crystal child, or, you know, I have these different children. And, and so I wanted to go over this a little bit so that everybody really understands this, because this kind of hits a nerve with me a little bit. And, um, Debbie, you know this because we've talked about it, but I'm going to explain it the best I can. So indigo children are what this woman, Nancy Ann Tape, had given. She developed this concept in the 70s, and she was a self-described psychic of her own, and she wrote a book. But what she did is she 
coined the term indigo children because she was seeing all these children that were coming in with uh, a different color aura, which would be a purple aura, or a, well, indigo color, so purplish blue. And so that phrase became popular. But the basis of the indigo children actually goes back to, you know, over 100 years now where they say that all these children were born in as indigo children. They came in with a different aura, and they say that they have these different beliefs and abilities, uh, you know, such as telepathy and being empath empathetic and all of those things. And then they are supposed to use these tools to, you know, better humanity or for the spiritualness of the world, and et cetera. And one of the diagnosed things of having the indigo children is ADHD. Okay, so that would be the indigo children. I'm going to get to this all in a minute, which is what um, makes me a little crazy with this, these labelings. Then we have the crystal children. That The crystal children came next. They uh, have been known to appear on the planet from the very early, late 80s to early 90s, and the difference with the crystal children is their aura was opalescent. And so now they're coming in with a different, an opalescent aura, and this is supposed to represent their aura and their nature. It's supposed to represent a higher consciousness, which they're supposed to be little advocates for love and peace on the planet, and they're given away a lot of times by their their eyes people you know this is how people describe them that their eyes are very big and they're very um you know just very hypnotic almost they're very large and very hypnotic and so you can really spot a crystal child pretty easy for the crystal children stuff then you have the rainbow ch children now the rainbow children are somebody and and as we're going down the line, indigo children basically had the crystal children. Crystal children are now having rainbow children. So it's basically going, you know, the indigos had the crystals, crystals had the rainbows. And so now the rainbow children are coming in, and their aura is rainbow colored. As every, So when you think of the indigo, the crystal, and the rainbow, these are all really named for their aura colors. And these rainbow children are supposed to be what, what's supposed to be very special about these rainbow children is they're all about service and humanity, and they're really already at their spiritual peak. Okay, so they're supposedly at the um, their highest potential spiritually. And the thing that some people are saying is that the rainbow children have never lived on this planet before, and but anyways, they're coming straight to the crystal moms and dads. So here's the thing. If you have a child that is intuitive and psychic, which most of us do, but if they tend to retain these gifts and qualities because many of them, if, if they're going to be psychic and intuitive children, rainbow, indigo, whatever you want to call them, as the years go on, they're going to, their abilities are going to enhance and grow with them. They're not going to lose them. Like my children um, haven't lost theirs. Become, mine became more intense as I got older. So if you have one of these children, please do not put a label on these kids. I really, really don't like that people use the labels. I don't like that they use the indigo, the crystal, and the rainbow children. That is... Th that makes your child sound wonderful and beautiful. Now, is there something to the indigo, the crystal, and the rainbow? 
yes, there is something to that. There's something to the aura and there's something to all of that. But that is such a moot point to your children. All these children, all the children being born right now, all of them are so amazingly special. They're, they're coming in with amazing gifts, but they're all children, all children right now. There, there's no reason to label them in one category or another. And there's several reasons that I don't like when people call their children indigo crystal or rainbow children, and um, I'm going to go into that a little bit more. But, you know, and I was talking to you, Debbie, the other day, but I just, I don't understand, and, and I do a lot of spiritual teaching, how at some point it got okay to label your kids. Um, and, and, and the reason I mean that is because what, what's happening is when, when you're calling your child an indigo child and a crystal child and a rainbow child, what's happening is a lot of spiritual teachers out there are telling these people that you're, these children are coming with certain responsibilities. They're coming in as, um, you know, at their uh, spiritual peak, and they're supposed to do all this stuff for humanity and peace and all of these things. So you're putting a really heavy label on these children. You're not allowing them to just be children. I mean, generations over generations over umpteen generations of children have been born intuitive and psychic. And when you start calling them indigo, crystal, and rainbow, you're you're putting a weight on them of responsibility because these children are expected, when you label them as these children, they're expected to be more spiritually advanced. They're expected to uh, bring something more to to the table. And, and that is so much pressure on a child. And I don't think that people who have not been intuitive or psychic as a child, I don't think that they might quite get that because they're thinking, well, my child's amazing and special. Well, of course your child is amazing and special. They are all amazing. But... As a psychic, intuitive child, if you retain that gift, as you get older, there's a lot of pressure on you anyways. There's a lot of weight that comes with that. And you have to learn to filter through a lot of different things in life anyways. And as a child, if they then label you as an indigo crystal or rainbow child, it comes with more pressure of what you're expected to do. And it's too much pressure. Did I explain that? Well, Debbie? Yes, you did. And when we talked about it the other day, I was asking you if, I mean, I'm labeling your child absolutely. That, that's, uh, it, it puts pressure on the child. Um, and period. Whatever you label them, any label puts, puts some type of uh, pressure on them and, and um, can cause stress and, and such. But I was wondering if, because of the more awareness, because of the newness of um, these different terms, because I know a lot of people may not have heard these terms, and I know um, you and the, all the work that you're doing, you hear this all the time, but I'm wondering if there's people who are hearing this for the first time and didn't you know, realize that it's a, a label, but it just helps them to identify their children or helps them to identify in meeting other people who may have these uh, very intuitive kids of the indigo, crystal, and the rainbow. Um, right. Well, it so, does help to identify in a sense. 
like I was mentioning to you before, it, it, it shouldn't matter whether your child's crystal, rainbow, or indigo. None of that should matter. And this is why I don't like the labels, because your child has an intuitive psychic ability. It doesn't matter where they fall. To me, that's like saying your child's Asian or white or, um, or uh, you know, I don't know, European or what, Native American. It's like it's like the, it's putting them in a category which they may essentially belong, I guess, genetically or whatever. But it 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 doesn't change anything. It doesn't do anything. The only thing it does is it it causes separation. If you ask me. So now you've called your child an indigo child or a crystal child or a rainbow child, and now they begin to feel separate. Now they're feeling separate from all the other children that they play with. Um, they begin to feel separate from uh, maybe their friends an indigo um, or a crystal child and their other friends a rainbow child. You know, they, I, I don't like anything. When you're dealing with intuitive and psychic children, you have to be really, really careful of not uh, allowing them to or not promoting anything that makes them feel separate from everybody else because I promise you if they retain these gifts and they're in they're in grade school and they're in, you know, um, middle school or high school and they're retaining these gifts, they're already feeling very different. That's so, very true. You know, yeah, they're feeling very different anyways because as a child myself, uh, when I was in school and as I grew up with these gifts, you know, you know when you get to school that you're not the same. And, and you struggle with trying to make sense of that and trying to lose your gift because the, you do want to be the same as everybody else. Um, you have trouble finding answers to what's happening when you're seeing visions or when you're hearing things that nobody else is hearing or seeing. So you're you're trying to filter through, am I normal? Are they normal? What's normal? I want to be like them. All my friends seem the same, and I'm over here because I feel different when we go do this or I I see things when we go do this which makes me nervous or afraid and I don't want to tell them. You know, you are going through an array of stuff. So to separate them by going, well, the reason that you're doing that is because you're special, you're an indigo child. Well, what does that mean? I can get how parents might want to do that, but I I really, I would like to discourage against that. I just think that on my, per, and, you know, parents can do whatever they wish to. I, I think that the, the labeling, the indigo crystal ch- children and the rainbow children, I think that that was all done in not a bad way. I think it was very much done in a, these are amazing children. Look at look at how amazing they are and what are these amazing gifts they are. And so I think that the heart was in the right place with identifying them. But I think with all things, when you identify people and and and, and separate them a little bit, uh, I think that there's pressure that comes with that. And specifically, there's pressure that comes with these names because they're basically saying, you know, the rainbow children are going to save the planet. They're going to come in and they're going to do all these amazing things. The crystal children are coming in and they're going to see these things and do these things and do all these wonderful things. And so, you know, that is an incredible amount of pressure when they're just trying to figure out where they fit in in life. And that's really what an intuitive and and psychic child needs is they need comfort and they need knowledge to understand why that they're seeing things, how to deal with seeing things when their friends aren't seeing things, um, how not to be afraid of these things, and so they need to understand these things. The other thing of what I don't like about the labels is that as we move, you know, forward, into into um, into the future here, and actually even in the past, like I said, most children are born with this ability, 
do you know how many kids will actually do something spiritual with their gift? It mm-hmm. is not a lot. Yeah, I would say out of 100 kids, maybe one. The, the, the children, they're not meant to all these spiritual work. They're not meant to, these, these children that are born, being born as rainbows and crystals and, and what have you, they're not meant to all go into the line of spiritual work. They're just not meant to. They have very different paths. They have, they're supposed to, there's some that are going to be teachers and there's, and, and, you know, all of these things are needed. Um, teachers are needed and, and healers, and, and by healers I mean even doctors and, you know, physicians and, and acupuncturists and um, nurses, you know, those are all healers. Those are all needed. Uh, you're going to have people that are in customer service. You're going to have all of these different things that kids are doing. And so when you say you're a very special child and you're meant to do something really great and wonderful, if they feel like they don't live up to that, um, you have a whole another thing going on. So, you know, what I would like, what you want to do when you have an intuitive or psychic child is you really want to make them feel as normal as possible. That's one of the best things that you can do. And it's not, it, when they, as they start to fit in and feel normal it, it, and as normal as possible, what happens is they'll relax into their gifts a little bit. And then you can help teach them how to um, make themselves feel apart and or a part of what I mean, the group, instead of separate from the group. Because the more relaxed that they are with their gifts and the more normal that they begin to feel that, oh, it's okay to have that, and, and your other friends probably had it too, but they probably just ignored it. You know, it, the more that relaxed that you make them feel like that, then the more they'll accept their gifts. The more they accept their gifts, the easier time they're going to have. The more that they try to ignore their gifts, it doesn't make their gifts go away. It actually just makes causes them to have more problems with them. So, um, so I yeah. That person. So okay. instead of so so your suggestion for the parents are instead of labeling um, the indigo crystal and rainbow, just acknowledge that yes, that they have these gifts. Instead right. of intuitiveness of of being psychic or empathic or um, whatever those gifts are, just acknowledge that instead of giving it an actual label. Yeah, I don't like them to give the actual name because with the name tends to come a lot of pressure because then they're going to say, mm-hmm. well, what, is it, what does a rainbow ch- child do? Well, let's see, if you want to explain, explain, explain that to, correctly to them, you would be like, okay, well, a rainbow child was sent here to the planet to, you know, you're more spiritually advanced than some of the other children. You know, do you see what I mean? There's no correct mm-hmm. way to explain that that's not going to make them feel very separate or like they have a lot of responsibility, you know, you're mm-hmm. you're meant to bring peace onto the planet just with your energy. Are, you know, how do you say that to a child and not make them feel like they're, you know, there's a lot of pressure that goes with that. And so right. if you if you've labeled your kids or if you've told them about it that you're an indigo child or what or a crystal child or whatever, I mean, there's there's no, you know, don't go necessarily unfix that. What I'm saying is just don't put a lot of emphasis on the particular names. That's really my point of this. Don't put a lot mm-hmm. of emphasis on the particular names. Yes, your children may be all of those children, one or the others, but don't emphasize the name part. That's what I really want to get to with that. And I don't um, think that a lot of people realize the weight that comes with that who haven't done this before. So I have a lot of tips that I've put together um, for 
helping intuitive and psychic children. And, you know, the other thing before I get to that part is I really, you really just want your children to feel special. All children should be feeling like they're just, wow, like how cool are you? You're so amazing that you were born into my life, you know, right? They should, yes, they should all absolutely. Like that. And the other thing is when you label your child, if you have one child that's more intuitive than another child, which tends to happen, which I actually have one that has different gifts than another, and I call them different. They're just different gifts. But if, if you have, say, I have one indigo child and one that's maybe not an indigo child or one that's a crystal and one that's not or one that's a crystal and one that's a rainbow, however you want to do it, see, I think that also causes division between the siblings. And I don't think that you should ever do that in that regard. Like, I just think, you know, you should just be like, you're you're amazing and just you were sent here a gift from God and you have these amazing abilities and um, they're not scary right. and, we're, you know, we're going to talk about it and every time something scares you, I want you to bring it up to me and we're going to figure this out because um, most kids have it. You know, that's the other thing, too, is one of the first things that parents can tell their kids um, when, when they start talking to them about their intuitive abilities if they're afraid. Uh, if And I'm going to address some of that. It, I, I actually need to address this in two sections. If your children are afraid of their abilities or start to get to be, they, they don't usually start to be afraid until they're probably, I guess I would want to say, maybe four, five, six-ish. And as they begin to get in that age, you want to tell you want to tell your children, um, you know, everybody was like this. We were all born this way. It's just um, some people just tend to ignore their gifts more than others, and and you just happen to recognize them. And how amazing is that? And and you have a lot of control over this. And we're going to teach you how. You know, you want to make sure that they again, there's no separation. Everybody was born that way mm-hmm. because that's the truth. Or um, some of your other friends may have it and they may not want to talk about it and, you know, that sort of thing. So we're going to get into that. The other thing before I get into the tips is um, I, I I feel in, in that most parents should also know, and I'm, this is in one of my tips, when you have an indigo, crystal, or rainbow child, I definitely think that that's something you don't want to walk around telling other people. And I'll tell you why. Um, because it's really rough on the child. And it's, it, it's it, when the parents aren't around, a lot of times the children will get a lot of, first of all, there's a lot of skeptical people in this world. There's a lot of people that are not open to the spiritual venue. There's a lot of people that are not to the spiritual level that other people are at. And so if you're very open and very proud and your child's very balanced and all of those things, those are things that you probably want to keep within your own little family unit until the child is ready to maybe say that on their own. And the reason I say that is because even when I came out of the closet as a psychic in my early 20s, what happened is um, it, to more friends and family, I got a lot of skepticism. Um, I do this professionally and have been for 20 years, and some people still are like, I don't believe in psychics, you know. <laughs> I, don't know yeah. I don't believe in that kind of stuff. And I'm like, hey, that's totally fine, because it doesn't bother me even one little bit. Uh, I, it really, truly doesn't. And um, we're still friends, and we still get along wonderful, and if they question my stuff, I'm totally fine with that. It doesn't bother me even a little bit. But I remember it made me feel very uncomfortable when I was younger. And I didn't even start talking about it. I did a little bit when I was in middle school, and everybody shut me down, and and the kids were very 
not nice about it, like, yeah, whatever. You know, they were very, um, how do I want to say, just very skeptical and ornery about it. And um, then so I just stopped telling people. And then as I got older and started getting into it, they did it again, not in a mean way, but in a very skeptical way. So my point being, and even with my own children, uh, I allowed their gifts to develop in a way that they were comfortable with, but I also told them it was up to them if they ever mentioned it to anybody, but until then it was never coming out of my mouth because I wanted it to be on their terms. I wanted it to be their their choice, not mine. If you if you if you take that and, and start telling people, you take that power out of their hands. See? Mm-hmm. They they have the power of, of being able to develop the gift in, in silence and into what they're comfortable at without having to answer to questions. With not having to answer, well, what do you mean? How do you see that? And, and how is that possible? And and maybe little Jimmy is not telling the truth. And maybe little April is lying. And, you know, they, they need to be able to be comfortable within their own unit before they have to go out to all the ridicule in the world and try to prove that they're not lying or not seeing things that the other people don't see. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay, so... I really feel like it's important to let the child make that decision, and I don't feel like that they make a good decision on that till they're probably they won't do it mostly in middle school, and they usually won't do it till they get around high school ish, and then it's even iffy if they want to tell. They just let them do it at their own pace because you're open to a lot, a lot of ridicule when you come out of the closet as a psychic, and that's something that I think that most parents who are not psychic do not realize. And let me say again, these are these are um, looks and little comments that they will get maybe when you're not around. And so I just wanted my children to be guarded of that, and I wanted nobody putting directing any negative skepticism their way whatsoever. I just didn't want it. I wanted to protect them more. Um, the other thing, so we've talked about most of the kids will not do something spiritual. Most of these kids will not be psychic. I, 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 no, let me rephrase that. Most of them will not be a psychic. They will not do readings for other people. Uh, the other thing, so we're going to, let's just get right into the tips. Let's get into the tips here. And if anybody have any questions, they can go ahead and call in if they have any questions about their kids, or they can email us. So definitely, I think here's our, our guest calling is uh, 760-283-0832 if you want to call in if you have a question about your child. So here's some tips that I've put together that I want to discuss a little bit more about things to do to help your, uh, that helps your intuitive and psychic children to become more well-rounded and healthy. Uh, one, and we kind of talked about this before, but realize because your child is psychic, or because your child's indigo, crystal, and rainbow, uh, it does not mean that uh, they will be a professional psychic or be in the spiritual venue whatsoever. This is something I think a lot of parents have to um, understand a little bit more. Most likely, they're going to do something else. Most likely, they're going to be a firefighter, a teacher. Um, oh, my kid went into fashion and MMA. I mean, really? <laughs> that's, like, that's like so not a spiritual MMA. <laughs> That's my, that's my more that's even my little more medium child, right? Like he's 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 always been pretty advanced in his stuff, and and he's an MMA. So um, they're gonna take a different path, most likely. And you really want to watch your child and just see where where what they develop into. You want to let them blossom into a career. You want to let them blossom into a an interest. And please. 
remember that especially if you have an intuitive psychic child of any kind, they will blossom into something that they feel strongly about, and a lot of times it will be a creative aspect. And the reason it will be creative is because uh, psychic intuitive children are very in touch with their spiritual bodies. They don't lose that connection between their spiritual and their physical bodies like most of their other friends did. And so what happens is they move into the spiritual side of themselves. Well, the spiritual side of yourself is very creative. So um, many times you will go into areas of art. Um, you know, Like I said, my daughter's in fashion design. Um, maybe they go into writing. But the, the thing with parents is with intuitive children, a lot of times they're going to go into an area that parents may not think they can support themselves or may not think that they can make money at. And so don't think that they can't make money at. These children are gifted. They're smart. They're following their intuition. As long as they follow something that makes them happy, as I've taught you over and over again, they are going to generate some serious cash. It's just going to happen as long as you don't train them otherwise, as long as you don't tell them they that, that doesn't, or being an artist doesn't make any money or you know, being a photographer doesn't make any money or being a psychic doesn't make any money. As long as you leave those to yourself and watch your children blossom into whatever they feel drawn to, they're going to do really well. The key to this is to raise successful, healthy, happy adults. That's the key. And you don't know better. I hate to say it, but you don't. You, as a parent, don't know better what your child's spiritual path is. You really don't. They know. You don't. And, and, and many times, as bad as it is, and, and as much as that it, it's, it's rough, it's probably going to be something you may not, you might go, really? Are you sure? <laughs> you might want to say that. I hold the, are you sure, for my husband. I can't believe this. But, um, you know, you may go into that because it's going to be something that might make you uncomfortable. And you want to know why? Because they're very different souls than you. They're very different spirits than you. Their path is very different. They're, they're on this earth for a very different purpose. And so allow them to really develop and become who they are. Another thing is you want to, and we touched upon this earlier, is you want to make sure it's important that your children understand what their ability is. Um, there are a lot of different abilities. Now, when it comes to uh, where I'm talking about, you know, the indigo crystal and rainbow, I'm not talking about that type of thing. What I'm talking about is clairvoyance, clairaudience, empath, and all these. Now, they want to understand which gifts that they have. It, it's really important to how to not teach them become afraid and how to teach them to manage uh, their their life really well. If they understand if, if they're seeing things, do, they need to understand am I clairvoyant and am I a medium? And the reason that they know they need to understand that is because then they can begin to deter, determine how can I control this better? Um, what is the purpose that I'm seeing these things for? Um, how can I make this not happen when I don't want it to? Um, if they're clair, clairaudient, they can learn to determine, and that's when you hear things, when you're hearing spirits, they can learn to determine um, the different tones and they can learn to determine tones of, um, you know, their inner voice versus an actual spirit. So you can help them a lot. Um, empaths, most children, most of any of those children, intuitive and psychic children, are empaths. And um, that is, is, a, is a fairly difficult um, thing to have as a child and as an adult. I'm a full-blown empath, and, and as much as I know and the knowledge I know, it's something that I have to make sure that I'm on top of all the time with protection and just awareness 
of who's coming into my chest, into my spiritual body, as far as who I'm feeling all the time, because I'm constantly being bombarded. So these are things, it's important to know what their gifts are. Um, if, if you're unsure of what their gifts are, there's lots of things online. And also, um, I did just write that book on it, the in, um, intuition and psychic ability, your spiritual GPS. And I go through every single gift, clairvoyance, clairaudience, the empath stuff. I go through all of that in detail. And so there's ways that you can go get that book and ask your children. Um, and this is the thing. You need to ask your children. When, when they're getting afraid, you can say, um, here's some things that you should do. What do you see? And they may say, well, I see a ghost or I see a monster or I see a little girl and, and you know, I see a man, I see a scary man or whatever. Um, don't assume that these things are all scary. Like if they say, I see a scary man, don't go, oh, my God, there's a crazy scary ghost in my house. Like don't do that because um, what may be scary to them is just they don't know the person. It may scare them because this is a person I hadn't seen before. So don't let the scariness take over yet. Um, so then what you want to ask them is things like if they say, well, I see so-and-so or I hear so-and-so or I see and hear them, whatever, um, then you want to ask them, well, what do they look like? Describe them to me. And so you have them start describing them. Sometimes it may be somebody you know. It may be a grandmother who's passed over, a mother who's passed over, and that's just joyous because you can go, wow, like what I do with kids is I'll be like, wow, that's so amazing that you've seen grandpa. Do you know how amazing that is? And then they get interested. Then they get like, oh, why? You know, really? And I'll be like, that's such a special gift. Do you know how hard it is for them to make their presence known to you? Do you they, they try so hard to, to do all of these different things so that you can see them that that's just so special that, they, that, that you were that special that they wanted to make, have you see them. You know, see how the different spin can be, where it can be a grandfather or a grandmother that they've never met, but because they've never met them, they're scary to them. And so um, the other thing is, you know, just hearing things, that's another thing. Well, what do you hear? Well, is it, what does the voice sound like? Does it sound like, a, is it a boy or a girl? And if it's somebody that you haven't heard or like maybe you don't know it's grandma or grandpa and they say like it's uh, a little girl or something what what you also want to do is you kind of want to make it a game see instead of doing it where you get afraid and be like oh geez they're seeing stuff and now i don't know what to do make it a game and make it fun um well i because what happens is if you ask them how old do you think this little girl is they can say "Mm, well i think she's around six or they may even think the question and the girl will answer and they'll say she says she's six or something. And then you can say, well, what would what what would the girl's name be? Does she have a name? Well, I don't know. Or yes, the name is so and so. Well, um, do you know uh, was she, is she alive or did she live at this time or what did she do when you know or where what did she like to dress in? Like make it a game. Make it not morbid, but make it fun. Make it like, well, what's her? Does she have a special toy or you know things like that. And so it's really important to understand for the kids to understand what their ability is, and it's important for you to uh, help them filter through it so it seems okay. Help them filter through, like when they start paying attention, when you clue them into their gift and um, you start saying, maybe they've, there was a little girl spirit in the house or something. My little brother sees what he calls ghosts, and I don't know where he learned that term because we don't really use that term. And he's like, um, two and a half. 
And so every time he'll be like, oh, there's a ghost in there. Um, I'll be like, no, there isn't. It's not a ghost. It's just, it's our friend. What's our friend look like, you know? And he'll say, oh, he's that man. He's over there. And I'll say, okay, well, he's just coming to visit. What does he look like to you? And then he'll start describing him. And then he starts lightening up, and it's more of a game, and he's not so scared anymore. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you want to make it more of a fun thing. Did you have a question? And you hear, you hear like, um, little kids mostly. I you hear have dreams about someone who has passed on. And, right. oh, Grandma visited me in my dream or or something like that. I mean, I, I remember hearing different stories like that. Well, I um, most kids will dream it. And, see, in our house, this is that was another good thing that you brought up. Um, they'll say, I had a dream about Grandma or Grandpa. In our house, it wasn't I had a dream. It was I had a visit. Um, when you have a psychic and intuitive child, you can explain to them, isn't that amazing? Um, that's when you get to meet up with them in the spirit world. And that's very natural. It's not scary when you tell them you dream you're in the, you get to meet up in the spirit world. They come visit you, and then, so what did they say? So what did they look like? So, you know, like my daughter would, oh, she would have visits all the time. And she'd be like, oh, yeah, I had a visit from Grandma last night, and we met on this bench, and she just wanted to see how things were. And, you know, because so, I'd ask her questions. Well, what did she say? Well, she was just wondering how things were. And I'd say, well, what, what, how did she look? Oh, she looked really good. She looked, she looked younger, Mom. And she was little at this time. I mean, she would be six, anywhere from six to nine. She was having a ton of these trains, or these meetups. And so it just got to be a fun little thing. And then she, what happens is she became more open to it. And so then I started telling her, I started training her a little bit and going, you know, you can ask her questions if you want to. You're gonna, and I can. And I'm like, yeah, you can ask her any questions you want to. So she became more in control of the dream of, of the spirit contact. She became more... Um, in control of uh, of the meeting place. And so she could even go to bed and start asking for certain spirits or she could ask them questions during that time, and she really enjoyed that. So that was really fun. That doesn't seem to scare kids as much as it does when they see them in the daytime. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing that you can teach them is uh, that, you know, they can talk to them, which really brings me into the next thing is you want to make sure that your children know that the spirits won't harm them. Because there's a lot of movies out there. There's a lot of, uh, well, there's a lot of movies out there. Thank you, the movie industry. Because they start showing things where they're throwing kids around or throwing people around or, you know, doing all sorts of physical things. And where there has been things that have documented where, um, you know, things are definitely can be moved by spirits and all that sort of thing, the majority of any um instance where you're going to meet up with the spirit or your child is it's just going to be really it's going to be a really innocent uh very positive experience if you allow it to be so you just make sure that they know they can ask them to leave at any time um there's ways that you can do this there's ways that you can can make sure that you know that they're not around um there's a white light meditation that they can do they can ask for the angels to come and remove them from their space they can tell them to leave. Um, most of the time, if you tell a spirit to leave and you're very direct about it and you're just like, I don't want to listen to you, you're 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 bothering me, you know, out to go kind of thing, they will leave almost always. Uh, it's over 80% of the time they will leave. Uh, you can also clear your space. Spirits don't like um, incense. 
They don't like the smell of sage. They don't like uh, that type of stuff. It's a it's an energy clearing thing. So you can do that. You can do that in your kids' room. But the thing where with the spirits that come in that really bother the kids more so, like a lot of times they won't see them during the daytime. I would say part of them do, maybe 50%. But when they usually tend to, when intuitive and psychic children usually tend to see spirits uh, is at night. And so it'll be like right before they're going to bed. And a lot of parents think that the reason that they're hearing or or being afraid, oh, my gosh, I see ghosts or monsters in my closet or somebody's under my bed, you know, all of these different things. If you know that your child is intuitive and psychic and or psychic, one or the other, it's not they're not doing it because they don't want to go to bed, although that's what most parents think. They're doing it because um, as a psych- adult psychic, I, I can definitely tell you, the veil gets thinner at night. And so what that means is there's basically an energetic veil between the physical world and the spirit world. And so as that begins to thin at night, the spirits more easily come into your space. And so if you're intuitive or psychic, they definitely will come into the room. They will talk to you. They will make themselves very present. And sometimes there's some obnoxious spirits that come in that really want to be acknowledged. So... If they're afraid and they're starting to hear something, then and it's at night, that's very, very common because that's when the veil is thin. The other thing is when you begin to drift off to sleep, when it, what happens is your mind goes into an alpha state, it starts to slow down and it gets into a meditative state. And when you get into that type of state as a child or an adult, what happens is you're very receptive to hearing spirits and to hearing voices and allowing spirits to come into your space. And so as you begin to drift off, they may actually wake you up and by seeing something or doing something, and, or you may feel them there. A lot of children just feel them. They may say, well, I don't see anybody, but it feels this way. Um, m- many, many intuitives and psychics do their work through just feeling. They don't, they're not even clairvoyant or clairaudient, but they can feel it. They're more claircognizant, okay? And so at, if they feel them in their space, that makes them very uncomfortable because they feel somebody, somebody in their room. And... So what you can do in those instances, what I tell parents is one of my favorite tricks is to keep the television on. Um, put a little DVD player in your kid's room. Put something that they that uh, that they like to listen to that would be uplifting, like say SpongeBob or Phoebus uh, and Ferb or something. Max and Ruby. I don't depending on your kids' age, allow them to have some type of DVD that they fall asleep to. Now, I've had a, a lot of parents say, and, and this really gets rough when you have one parent that's really open to this intuitive psychic thing and then another parent that doesn't believe in it, and so they're very, like, whatever, they don't need the TV on, it gets a little rough. But I've had some parents say, well, I'm afraid if I do that, they're not going to sleep. I'm afraid if I leave SpongeBob, they're just going to watch TV. I promise you, if your child is intuitive or psychic and you're having trouble with them, they're not sleeping anyways. They are probably up for part of the night. They're probably in your room. They probably need drinks of water. They're probably doing all of these things where they're not allowing themselves to go into a deep sleep because they keep being disturbed by um, different spirit sensations. And so it keeps them from going into a deep sleep. And so the trick with the TV thing is, see, their mind stays more left brain to the point of it's left brain, left brain listening to the show and then it just allows them to drift into a heavy sleep right away, and it bypasses all that spirit contact alpha wave stuff. So so it's kind of like you go from a stage one sleep to a stage three. 
you miss the, the skirt stage. And so it actually will allow them to drift into a heavier sleep. And that's super important. And when they do that, they're going to be a much happier child. They're just going to get a lot more sleep. And and actually, I still go to sleep that way a lot of times. I have a DVD player on. Thank God my husband's not tired of listening to Friends or something because I have to have a common <laughs> And I run it. I even motel rooms with me because I because that's when I get a ton of spirit contact. And so, in order for me to get sleep, because that's what I do in the daytime, I have to have it to where I'm distracting myself enough to where and, and I can ignore them enough. The other, then another thing that they need to learn, especially if they're empathic, for sure. But as a, a psychic and intuitive child should really learn psychic protection because what happens. If they are intuitive or psychic of, of and have some gifts, they if they don't learn psychic protection, what happens is you, you become very drained of energy. And so it begins to affect your health a lot of times. And so when you go into crowded areas such as, well, a lot of times they're going to school, they're going to preschool, they're going to regular school, and that seems to be the main thing. All these other children throughout the day, because intuitive and psychic children are very open energetically, um, they will draw from ener- the energy from their little being. And so as they draw and draw upon them, they, w- they will get very drained, they'll get cranky, uh, they'll feel emotional, and, and they'll do all these things without even realizing it. So there is actually a uh, bubble and psychic protection thing that I have on one of my websites at the bottom of this show. You should be able to click on a link and you can go to the tips that I'm talking about and you can run through the bubble and psychic protection, which is also in the intuitive and psychic ability book. Um, and you want to do that before they, you want, they want to learn to do that before they go into somewhere crowded or at least a couple times a week or if they're feeling anxious. Because if you have an intuitive psychic child, the results of um, having these abilities without understanding them and without protecting themselves is they also can develop anxiety. They can uh, develop, be very stressed. They can feel very anxious. They can feel very drained. And if all of those things aren't enough, sometimes if you allow that to go on for a really long time, they can start where having like physical things where they're just feeling like their tummy's upset or they're, they're getting colds because they're bringing their immune system down. So you really have to, it's really important for them to learn psychic protection, and that will help a lot. Because what happens is when your energy gets completely depleted, your, your body, your physical body needs spiritual, your spiritual energy to be a little bit heightened in order to keep your immune system up. And so, and, and let me add in with this a little bit. If you have an intuitive or psychic child, the health thing, that. The other thing that you're going to notice about your children is they don't tend to be as, how would I say, they're they're more receptive to natural um, products and herbs and, and foods than they are to synthetic and man-made stuff. So it's actually better for your child, if they're intuitive or psychic, to be eating healthier as far as, like, organic. And, and of course, organic is expensive, so you're not going to do all that. But the least processed, you know, add some of that in their diet a few times a week. Like make sure that they're getting some natural things, like for snacks, fruits, um, or something like that. And not a lot of kids eat vegetables, but you see what I mean? Instead of necessarily doing a Kraft macaroni and cheese, make sure they have sliced fruit or something or cheeses or something, crackers, 
something that's less processed, that's really important. If, the, if intuitive and psychic kids do get sick, um, I noticed with my own children that my one that's a little bit more heavier psychic than the other one, they, the more psychic that you tend to be, the more that synthetic drugs doesn't, is not good for your system. And so what I mean by that is, of course, I think you should always, I, I got all my kids a shots and did all that whole nine yards. And if they were sick, I did take them to get antibiotics. But what I did was I coupled that with doing some, like the muscle testing, the EMT testing, or doing some herbal type remedies. In fact, um, and I know I've told this on the show before, but I'm going to touch on it again. When my child, uh, when the younger one had pneumonia at one point in time, I went to the doctor and they did a chest x-ray and said, basically, if his, um, he has pneumonia and it's really, really bad and take him home and if his lips turn blue, get him back to the emergency right away because he's not breathing. And I'm just like, I left just in a panic going, are you kidding me? This is this is what I get no medicine. Oh no, you don't get any medicine because it's viral. I'm like, oh, it, this is my advice. If, you, if the kid's lips turn blue, it's rush him to the emergency room. It was horrible. And so I called my dad, and I had also taken him to get muscle tested, which is something I always did with my kids. And so we walked him through this homeopathic type thing as well. I always did both. I think you should knock it out at both ends. And um, the doctor had, had also said that he wanted to see him back in two days. And then after two days, he wanted to see him in two weeks because the pneumonia would most likely be there for two to three weeks, for sure. He said, and I'm like, two to three weeks of watching him, you know, his lips turn blue? So we went back two days later, and the pneumonia was completely 100% gone. The, the um, pediatrician was so shocked. He was like, I don't even understand this. Like, what did you do? Like, there was no trace of it, no, nothing on the x-ray, nothing. And at that time, I was very uh, careful about what I say to the, anybody about my children being intuitive and psychic and how, you know, they need more natural stuff. And I just said, yeah, I don't know. And he said, this is amazing. I, I don't know what happened, but expect it to come back within two weeks, and it never did. So... Um, and so with your child, if they're intuitive or psychic, you definitely want to be looking into homeopathic natural stuff as well as doing the other things that I think you should do. I always think you should do both, so not necessarily one or the other. Um, it is also important to really pay close attention to what your child says and take them seriously. So, for instance, this is the thing that I, I worry about is if you go tell somebody you know, my child is intuitive or psychic or whatever, I, I think it's important um, what I worry about when you tell them that is them not taking your child seriously. Well, sometimes parents don't take them seriously because they don't really know how the intuitive psychic ability stuff works. And actually, now that I think about it, if you're a parent of an intuitive or psychic child, you really should go read that book I wrote because it will give you a better understanding of what they're seeing, what they're experiencing, and things that they're going through. And so, Do you feel um, that that's an excellent suggestion um, to get more information? And uh, but do you feel that the if the child is intuitive and psychic, so is the parent? Or is it, that I mean, is that generally something that runs in families? It does run in families a lot of times, but no, that doesn't happen all the time. And that's, um, like, usually it runs through one strain or the other, but um, it's not always genetic. 
And the other thing is, even if it was, sometimes if, if one of the parents was psychic or intuitive when they were young, they have usually spaced it. They have forgotten or made sure that they couldn't remember their gift because it frightened them so much when they were younger that they will have the most vague recollection of it until later. So they'll be like, they won't understand and won't remember. So most, a lot of times, I find it more odd. I find less intuitive and psychic children have intuitive and psychic parents than not. Most of them do not. Because they, yeah, so it's important to get as much information on what your child's experiencing because then you can help them. So we have a caller on the line, and let's see if we can go ahead and take the call before we get to our last two things. Aloha, 724. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. What questions do you have for us? Um, Does it have to pertain to children? Yeah, today we're doing one on children, but I'd be more than happy to answer any other questions for you next week because we will be taking some other calls and some other things. Okay. Okay. Um, I do have an intuitive grandchild. Okay. He... I know he can see, and mm-hmm. sometimes he does healing in church, mm-hmm. but he's backed away from it, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Okay. Um, how, what's the age of the child? Seven. Okay, because I was getting six or seven, actually. I felt like there were six or seven. So um, th- that's actually very natural for them to back away from it because what they start doing, especially around that age, is they start realizing that um, they they have gifts that maybe they're, that other people don't have. And um, it becomes a, a, a lot of different things happen, and you decide, do I want to go ahead and do this, and why do I do this? Because it... There is weight that comes with that. I, I will never forget the weight that comes with that as a child. Like, how how do I know these things, and why should I know them, and what am I supposed to do with this information? It, it, it can feel like a big responsibility for a little child. And so um, seeing things and healing people can come with a big responsibility. So he may back – I feel like he's just backing off from it because I feel like there's probably a few things that kind of intensified that made him a little bit scared for a minute. And so I don't think that he'll go away from his gifts completely, though. I feel like he's just going to back off a little bit and then he'll come back around because I feel like he's too strong of an intuitive psychic child that he's actually going to keep this ability in his life for a while. So – you know, the thing is to allow him to develop it in the way that he wants to and not to really push him into it one way or the other and just allow him to sort of monitor what he wants to do with it. And then to be aware, if, make sure that if you notice he's getting afraid, um, that you discuss that with him. What are you afraid okay. of? Um, and, and, if, and if you don't know the answer, research it. So, um, Or you can email me if you don't know the answer. Like if you're noticing he seems like edgy, anxious, Afraid. These are really, this is a good call because it's a good thing to know. If your children, you know, start backing off and you're noticing different things where they're feeling not like happy and light and enjoying themselves, but they feel a little bit more um, internalized. Yeah, that's kind of hard because they, yeah. they say he has mild autism and he is on medicines. He's on three different medicines. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, well, yeah. It's just like, I don't know if it's a change with him with the medicine he's on or 
Yeah, well, a little bit is, but there's a little bit where his 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 gifts did get a little bit intense for him. But he's not going to go away from his gifts completely, and he, he just allow him to dictate it. Allow him to dictate the rate that he wants to go. I okay? know. He's got such a, a strong force when he heals. Oh, yeah. And I think that he'll probably continue to do that. But he'll just be away from it for a little bit. Okay. Okay? All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, so anyways, it's important to take what they say, what your children say seriously. Um, So what I mean by that is if they're saying that they're scared, that they're seeing something, assume that they are before you assume they're not. Most people assume that they're not because they can't see it, okay? So just take for granted, just assume that they probably are and ask them questions. If they say that they've, like if somebody comes in the door and they go, I don't like that person or, you know, or you notice the behavior shift a little bit and you wonder about like what, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, why are you behaving that way? You you wonder these things. Just ask them. Just say, you know, are you, you okay? What do you think of so-and-so? And just listen to what they have to say. Because a lot of times they work with their intuitive senses a lot more than adults do. So they're really guided by their intuitive senses and they won't monitor what they say. So they'll go ahead and tell you if they're scared. They'll go ahead and tell you if they see something. They'll go ahead and tell you if they don't like so-and-so. So pay attention to and take what your children say seriously. The other thing that I really want to point out is many, many times if, if if your child is intuitive and or psychic and they mention that they're not liking being around a certain person, that's really certain, mm-hmm. super important. That is so super important. You do not mess with that ifs, ands, buts, or sideways, period, ever. If your child does not like somebody, you do not leave them with that person. If they do not, you know, do, do not leave them around them without you being around, um, they feel it because they can really sense people's intentions like nobody's business and not that they're going to necessarily, you know, go do something very harmful to to the child, but the child feeling very uncomfortable or um, worried about being around a certain person or maybe they feel that, um, you know, Mr. Bob is or or Mr. Jane or Mrs. Jane is really angry type of person, that really affects them when you're intuitive or psychic. So if they just don't want their energy intense near them. So just Pay attention to what they say, especially if it's about a person. And another thing, let you need to let your child know that they're in total control of their abilities. So once you've determined what their abilities are, if you don't understand what they are, you've now researched it, you've looked it up, you have a better understanding of what, you know, what your children is experiencing. And that's why I like the book that I wrote, and it's not just because I wrote it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's, it's because I, was, I really tried to give people a picture of what you were experiencing with each gift. And so I really tried to paint that picture for everybody. So if you read that book, then you'll really get an idea of what your child is experiencing. So then once you, you read it, and, and you kind of know what they're experiencing, let them know that they're in total control. So um, you can ask not, they can learn to ask not to be shown things that they cannot do anything about or have no control over it. Um, before they go to bed at night, they can, I just just put it in with your prayer or your nightly ritual, just do a little prayer just um, to whoever you want to pray to and just tell them to, you know, please put a protection bubble, white light around you and ask, that um, no other energies come in and 
the next thing that you do is you just want to say, please don't show me anything that I cannot do anything about. Um, don't show me anything that I cannot handle, that I cannot do anything about. That's really, really powerful. That's a powerful statement, and it works tremendously well. So if your child is beginning to get afraid, um, have them do that every night before they go to bed, and then put your DVD in, and then you're good to go. And the last thing which we sort of um, touched upon is decide if and when to let others know about your abilities. Um, you know, I discussed this with my my children when they were younger so because I wanted them to know that they would be the ones that were uh, able to make that call. And what I discussed with them is, you know, you're, you're, you have these certain gifts that a lot of people have not. Um, kept or retained, they forgot about them and they sort of let them go, but you haven't. You, in, in the, you know, you know what your gifts are or we would talk about their gifts. And so many people or and your friends may not know what you're talking about if you say um, that I can see things or hear things or whatever, and that's okay and, and, and natural for you and natural for them. So just understand they may not know what you're talking about and that if you do want to talk to your friends about it, that is totally fine. It's your call but understand that their parents may not quite understand because their parents may have a different perspective or a different, you know, they may have a different religious background, they may have different beliefs. And so understand that if you do say that, that not everybody's going to be completely open and understanding like our family and just, and then if you decide to, more power to you will back you up 100%. But they do need to know that if they do want to, if, if they're going to go ahead and, and mention these gifts to anybody else, that they may and or may not be receptive to, uh, I mean, receptively received to other people. And so that's really important. And then um, what I did is I left it up to them when and if to tell anybody about their abilities, if they want to tell some people and not tell others. That was their choice. And then I also, for my instance, I let them tell their friends about me. So I, it was nothing that ever came up in conversation. They, they, it, when they asked what I did for a living, I was a consultant or a writer, um, you know, something that they didn't really need to know unless my kids felt like it was necessary because I didn't want my what I did to also fall upon my children like your mom does. What? Are you kidding? That's weird. Um, by the time that they decided to start telling people, they all thought it was very cool, and so they started telling everybody. So, <laughs> so mm-hmm. you want to trust trust that your child is psychic and intuitive, so they will know who and when and if to tell. But don't take that upon yourself to make that choice for them. I feel like that's really important. So, um, do you have anything to add to this? Uh, well, gosh, this is all very informative. <laughs> I um just definitely listening to your child, listening and making sure that you hear them and not just brush aside if they come to you and say that they are seeing something or that they feel something because um just trusting trusting in them that they know what the what they're talking about. I think that's huge. Right. Right, and it is. And so we'll kind of summarize this for you before we go. The show is kind of long. So um, if you have an indigo crystal or rainbow child, yes, they're very valid things. It really means nothing as far as what your child's going to do or how special they are because they're all amazingly special people. What it does mean is it really dictates their aura. 
Um, so that's really a moot point of what category they fall in, and that's really what I'm talking about when I'm talking about those children is, is the category they fall in is more the moot point. Um, more the point is that they just have gifts and abilities that you really need to figure out what they are because everybody has individual ones. They're all different. Um, not all the indigo children are going to have a certain set of gifts and then crystal are going to have another set of gifts and rainbow. That doesn't happen. So um, if, if, out of the array of all the population of the world, everybody's gifts and abilities, if they're intuitive psychic, are going to be stronger in others and less in others. It's not dictated by what group you fall in. It's dictated by their individual person. And so find out what gifts that they have. Um, open lines of communication. Make sure that you make things a game. You make it fun. You make it not scary. Allow them to um, do some different nightly rituals as far as leaving the lights or allow them to be left frame before they fall asleep. It allows them to fall into a deeper sleep with SpongeBob or Phoebus and Ferb or whatever. Understand that if they do get sick, intuitive and psychic children need to have a little bit different health care. They need to have not just the traditional medicine, but they really respond to holistic and natural type things a lot. You just need to test what areas work. Some holistic stuff works for my kids and others worked not at all. So, but I definitely needed to do a combination with that. So understand that natural organic stuff is a lot better for your child. Well, it's better for every child, right? But um, it's very expensive. So it's just try to do that less processed versus more processed foods because um, intuitive and psychic children's uh, system is a lot more sensitive. And don't make it, don't blast the thing out that your child is intuitive and psychic or any of those things. Allow your child to make that call. If there's something that you don't understand, it, it, actually after you figure out what their gifts are, if there's something that you don't understand that they're seeing or feeling, make sure that you research it. You always want to research. You just tell them, I'm not really sure what that is, but I'm going to check that out. We're going to find out what that is together. Um, you can definitely email me at jennifer at jenniferopsychic.com, and I answer all emails pertaining to kids always. Uh, well, I answer all emails anyways, but um, definitely I will help you when it comes to that sort of thing. So make sure that you get knowledge, you arm yourself with knowledge, and that you allow them to develop into whatever uh, career that they want to develop in. You allow them to develop nicely with no pressure. You allow them to really just be who they are. The point of having intuitive and psychic abilities is not to be a spiritual leader. It's not to do what I do. It's really to enhance your quality of life and to guide you in what you're meant to do in life. And most people are meant to do very different things. They're not meant to be in the spiritual field. And so it's really just putting them in touch with their abilities in a way that helps enhance their life and, and helps them guide them in the best direction for them. That's really what it is about. That's why they have it. It's amazing and wonderful, and if done correctly, uh, they will utilize it to enhance their life their whole life. So um, the, it's just a little bit different. They don't need – the last thing that I want to leave people with, too, is um, – one of the things, too, is that I notice that parents do with psychic and intuitive children, don't necessarily go completely off the board and let your children dictate everything to you. Um, they, they do uh, tend to need boundaries with a lot of different things. And people don't realize they go the opposite and, like, let them have less boundaries. 
but intuitive and psychic children, a lot of times they need repetition and they need boundaries. They need to know where the boundaries are all the time. And so make sure that they have, um, you know, consistent, like, types of curfews and different things like that. So um, those are important things that you know will matter to their overall health. But you may have to dictate and change those lines. Um, for instance, this show is going ridiculous long, and I'm going to cut it off after this, but, for instance, my son... Uh, he doesn't need much sleep. He could never, even when he was in middle school, he couldn't go to sleep before midnight. And I would try to force him to go to bed before midnight all the time. Finally, I was like, whatever. Um, He just wouldn't do it. So you need to alter some things with your intuitive and psychic children. So anyhow, uh, thank you for joining us. You can check in at the iloveblooming.com website and join Debbie on her Facebook and or for her Twitter and you can come to my site, hawaiihealings.com, and join me on Facebook or Twitter. Definitely email me, Jennifer at Jennifer Opsychic, if you have any further questions. And until next time, I think we've covered it all. So um, Yes, very informative. All right. Okay, aloha. Goodbye. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.